by this affecting their job searches, I could see where. It's that time. The sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. It's De'Aaron Fox Decision Day here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. It will be a huge, huge decision for UK. All signs still point to Kentucky. We're talking about it at catillustrated.com. You can join the conversation. We're going to talk about it here. We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet in at T Walker Rivals. You can call in 502 384 1450, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. We got plenty more than just De'Aaron Fox to talk about and Trevor if you don't play what did the Fox say at some point today I think the show will probably be a disappointment but that being said football there's a a major major football game that's being completely overlooked with basketball news which I can understand because football team isn't playing very well but you better believe if Kentucky can go down to Nashville and beat Vanderbilt that will be something that is talked about next week the week after heading into the Louisville game with a chance likely for Kentucky to go seven and five which I don't think anybody after the Georgia game would thought that'd be a possibility, but you go down and you beat Vanderbilt, you have that chance. Also, two basketball games this weekend. The season officially kicks off. Tomorrow is the big college basketball preview day. We will have beat writers on from across the country to talk about the teams they cover to give us Final Four national championship predictions. And it is the quickest, last year was the first year we did it, it was the quickest show I've ever done here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. It was one of the most fun shows I've ever done here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. And you will want to tune in tomorrow when we do that. Trevor and Jack have been working hard to confirm guests, and they're doing a good job. I I think we're maybe up to seven or eight. I expect that number to even get bigger. We have everybody on for about four to five minutes. We just get nothing but the meat of what's going on with their team, we don't want all the lazy this and that. Just the meat, and then we want their final four picks. And uh, we've, we've got a lot of top ten team beat writers coming on, so it should be a fun show. Joined, as always, with Trevor Kelsey. Trevor, how are you? I am good, and I am not responsible because I'm not on the board today. And if I was, I would not play uh, that Fox song. That song annoys me. That, well, it's, it's decision day for De'Aaron Fox. You got to do it, don't you? Not necessarily. Yeah, I, I think it has to be done. There's Jack, who is working the board. The intern, there. you're letting his leash go a little bit longer and longer each day, aren't you, Trevor? I, I'm putting him in full control today. I, I am in, not even in that room. I'm not overlooking him while he's, he's working the board. He is all in full control today. I've given him to the keys to the Millennium Falcon, and he's uh, on his way. Well, let me tell you this. I have been working and doing stories all day long. I did a podcast for Vanderbilt's rival site, and that uh, that lasted an hour. It's been one of my busier days that I've had in quite some time, especially with the Aaron Fox's decision. I imagine I'll be working later tonight as well. Uh, Trevor, I, I feel silly asking this. Do we have the Vanderbilt guest on today, or is that tomorrow? That's the day. All right, what are we doing, second segment? 445. He's near the end of the segment. The end of the first okay. Hour. Okay. Now don't, don't, uh, be, I should... don't be doing this tomorrow. I've got... Uh, well, tomorrow got... I'll be okay. I, I know what we're planning tomorrow, but today has just been... I, I couldn't believe it was 4 o'clock uh, when it became 4 o'clock. So what's the... So what we're having him in... Uh, so second segment, that is, we're going to talk Vanderbilt football. I feel like I know a lot more about Vandy football after doing the podcast. Than you should. Uh, er, 
earlier today. Well, yeah, and that I should. It was funny doing the podcast. And I imagine this will be the conversation that, that we have today. But basically, I was talking about how UK struggling in this and they're struggling in that and they've got quarterback issues. And then the guy I was talking with and doing the podcast for, Chris Lee, who's a great guy, he said, well, if you think Kentucky's struggling in this and struggling in that, you don't know what's going on with Vanderbilt because we're really <laughs> struggling with this and we're really struggling with that. And we kind of went back and forth just uh, – <laughs> trying to figure out which team was worse. But. I, I will say this. Vanderbilt's offense, it, it, for all the, the – yes, the complaints that Kentucky fans have about their offense, all the complaints Louisville fans have about their offense, all the complaints Indiana fans have about, well, their defense because that's the equivalent of the Louisville and Kentucky offenses to a degree. Uh, Vanderbilt and Boston College are bar none the two worst offenses in the country. Not even – they they make – the Louisville and Kentucky's offenses look like the greatest show on turf compared to their offenses. Yeah, it, that's uh, yeah, but that's still not really saying much. I mean, it's not. I, I agree. It's it's more to the the contributing to the fact that their offenses suck that bad, and then our offenses are that good. And if I'm not mistaken, so the guest today is Jesse Johnson, correct, Trevor? That is correct. Okay, now he writes for twenty four seven, so he is a not to a, be a, confused with Jesse Jackson. He is a, a competitor of ours. I, I appreciate him coming on anyways. He's a competitor of rivals. He's not a competitor of the radio show. He's a friend of the radio show coming on. I He will be the first 24-7 guy, though, that we've had on the show. Really? On my show that I've been doing for coming up on two years now, he will be the first guy that works at 24-7 to come on. Uh, and I did not of the – I think I think we have eight guests booked tomorrow. None of them are 247 either, so – yeah, I mean, that looks like he'll be uh, the first and maybe, I don't wouldn't say last, but at least the first. Yeah, uh, well, I know, it's, it's, I would rather Would I be throwing Jack into the bus if I told you he was the one that booked him? You, you would be. <laughs> and just for future references, Jack, we always, again, I, I appreciate uh, Jeff coming on and talking with us today, or Jesse, Jesse. excuse me, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. You're going to screw his name up. I, I hope I hope he's not listening. If it makes I you pre- if it makes you feel better, my first ever interview I've told you this probably before was uh, the new head coach at Florida, Coach White, and I interviewed him when he was Ole Miss's assistant coach. And not once, but twice during the interview, I said Mississippi State instead of Ole Miss because I was yeah, so you, nervous. You, you did you did tell me that. I, I'm not really nervous. I just again, it's been a a hectic day, a whirlwind of a day, and um, we're, we're excited to get Jesse on to talk. But Jack, <laughs> future reference, too many J's. Uh, we, you know, always look for the rivals. I can give you a lot of rivals guys numbers. I don't know the twenty four seven guys, but I'm sure Jesse does a great job covering Vanderbilt, and uh, we'll we'll have him on in the second segment. DJ, I, I believe. I think you're messing up his name, kind of like uh, I, I was watching the Wedding Singer the other day, and uh, what classic Adam Sandler movie as well. And uh, when the Drew Barrymore character comes to the door to to, to tell him she loves him, and his ex girlfriend answers and. She's like, uh, tell him, uh, you know, Jamie came by, and he's like, she's like, okay, Janice. That's what I just kind of feel like you are with uh, the 247 guy. You're like, okay, Jeff, it's Jesse. All right, Jack, uh, let me ask you about Vanderbilt. <laughs> I can just what if he, when we get him on, he's like, I heard your first segment, buddy. <laughs> we call him at the commercial break, and he goes, yeah, I'm not coming on. I heard that segment. Can't blame yeah, me well, for that one. <laughs> well, eh, well we, we don't have to figure out who to blame just yet. I'm sure everything <laughs> will be fine. It'll be a great interview. We will get to him in the second segment. Uh, Trevor, I haven't even had a chance to really look uh, look about what's going on in the world. Uh, what What's going on in the world today? Uh, you're, you're asking. You're probably, you're probably not the, the person, to person to ask. Yeah. Um, well, I guess uh, in world news, 
Mr. Wilder released today that he will let Katina Powell talk to the media. Or that is to, true. I will, excuse me, talk to the NCAA. Excuse me, I'm I, I was, yeah, not media. I was, was able to see that. So she's going to turn everything she has over to the NCAA next week when they meet. That means all the details in the book, all her journal entries, everything she has in terms of financial transactions and pictures, I would assume. Uh, what else am I missing here? Mm-hmm. Everything. She's going to turn over everything to the NCAA. Now, the, what she, she didn't want to do that. She didn't want to do that unless she got some legal immunity, and that didn't didn't happen. Uh, that didn't happen at all. And I don't know if that was – I don't think that was Louisville's doing. I doubt Louisville went up to that girl named Kyle that's suing Katina Powell for ruining her degree that she doesn't have from the University of Louisville just yet. And I don't think the Louisville... only one on that lawsuit, by the way. You saw where the other escorts joined it. I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And then the other escorts also joined, which is hilarious to me because the other escorts admit to being at Minority Hall. They admit to shripping. Yes. And again, none of the, they're saying that none of that is illegal, but they're saying that they didn't have sex. They if they got paid from Katina Powell, they don't remember it, which is kind of weird in that sense. <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're doing. All they're saying is that they are, and they're saying here. I guess that's defamation of character yeah or it could be liable but uh but they're saying that it's defamation of character saying that though they have to prove to win this case they have to prove that they have lost income because of katina powell's book that they have their jobs have been interrupted or their ability to get a job has been denied because of the allegations in their book and here's the thing katina powell only mentioned trevor two names of these escorts in the book, or two of these five girls. Only two of the five girls' names are in the book. The other are aliases. And with those two girls' names, she didn't even use last names. She only used the first names. So I wonder how these people would have even known who they were. And yes, there were pictures, but it never said with the picture who it was. So it's kind of surprising to me. This is not going to be a lawsuit that wins. Uh, Katina Powell, she might get in trouble, and she might get uh, maybe some jail time for some other things. But this isn't going to be the thing that brings her down, Trevor. And and I'm not mistaken. I think one of the names she used was not even the real girl's name. Trevor, are you there? Yeah. Do you not hear me? It seems I can't hear Trevor. Jack, are you there? All right, seems like things are down over there, or at least I can't hear them if they are there. Uh, So if we are still on the air, which is a a big mystery on the show, that's the interesting thing. That's the interesting thing about Katina Powell in this lawsuit is that, one, I don't think it's going to hold, and you might have just pissed her off even more where she says, all right, you know what? I was going to – I put that book out there. I was trying to make some money. I was genuine when I said I didn't want anybody to get in trouble. But if you guys are going to try to have some legal action against me, then whatever, University of Louisville. Do you hear me now? I'm going to give the NCAA everything I have, all my ammo, and we'll see if we'll see what happens. Because at this point, she's probably she's going down swinging, is what Katina Powell's doing. And is that a smart thing for her to do? We'll see. She did say that there was more that she had that she didn't put in the book. And the reason for doing that 
is she wasn't sure she she didn't feel comfortable putting it in there not necessarily because it was so dirty or nasty or gross or because there's plenty of dirty nasty and gross in this entire story but she said that she didn't put that in the book because they couldn't verify it one way or the other TV, well, maybe the NCAA now? will have better luck. Maybe the NCAA will have better luck verifying. Trevor, you're back. Okay, I, I don't know what happened there. That was a weird hiccup. I went in there to check everything, make sure Jack didn't screw something up, and nothing was unplugged or turned off. He had everything right. I think that was just a very weird uh, moment of uh, of silence from us. That's that is that was strange, and I, I still thought I was on because I could still hear some little noise coming from you all, but it wasn't your all's voices. But so that was a, a strange hiccup. Ori- originally, what I wanted to go back to was was two part two parts uh, with this, with, especially with this lawsuit with her. One, can you really defamate decimate the character of a stripper? I mean, is that even possible? I mean, do you? Well, you can't. It, well, they they will say that they weren't stripping, and instead they were just, you know, at party. a party drinking. Clothes fell off. One thing led to another. <laughs> blah blah blah. And I can imagine there's in the in the world. Don't that that no. <laughs> or no. possibly they don't want them because they're going to actually have something happening in the champagne. And room. if these girls would have just done their own lawsuit, if they would have just said, you know what, she shouldn't have used our pictures, this and that. Again, she only used their first names, didn't say their last names. But she shouldn't have used our pictures. She didn't have our permission. We didn't know she was going to do that. We feel that maybe we've lost wages. They should have just done that in their own lawsuit, a ah, different lawsuit. There's a, there's a uh, reason, adding though. Adding on to that girl, her name's Kyle. I forget what her last Hornbeck, name is. Hornbeck, I think. It's just such a stupid, frivolous lawsuit. There's no chance that's not going to get thrown out. Probably, but the re- here's another. Re- here's the only reason I have why they jumped on instead of doing their own is by jumping on, they don't have to actually hire a lawyer or spend any money. They can just basically sign their names onto something. You're right. And, prob- and get And now while they won't get anything, I talked to an attorney about this in these lawsuits, and more often than not, he was telling me. It's very similar kind of to the Ed O'Bannon against the uh, NCAA where athlete after athlete was just adding their name to it just for bleeps and giggles. More often than not, the people, the, the, the people who add their names to these lists don't get anything back. The lawyers are the ones that get the money out of it. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, the attorney that is handling this case will be on going deep later on tonight with uh, from 7 to 8 with those guys. They're going to have him on to talk about this case. So if you want to know more about that, you can tune in for that later on tonight. Kyle Hornbeck yes, is the, girl. the, the, the girl's name. The attorney, I forget that, his name, though. He's, that Katina Powell has ruined her degree and her potential job prospects. She's still in college. She still has. She doesn't even have her degree yet. My buddy who went to who graduated from U of L, who is a, who you know, uh, who's called in the show say, who is you know he graduated from Louisville was a diehard Kentucky fan. He asked me last night if he should throw his name on there just for uh, just for fun to see if he could get some get anything out of this since uh, po- apparently her uh, her his degree is now ruined. Oh, and, I mean, that's, uh, you're going to see that. You're going to see people who have Louisville degree. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, most of them are probably people who aren't doing anything with their degrees if they have it, but are probably going to shamelessly jump on this just for, I mean, maybe if anything, to see their name in a paper or see their name connected with it. I mean, for the same reason I declared for the NBA draft back in 02. I wanted to see my name come up on the uh, underclassmen declaring list, and of course it never did, and I didn't get drafted either, though. You didn't actually do that, did you? Yes. Are you serious? I, yes, I did. I did. I had to pay a fee too. I had my my attorney at the time, who was a relative, uh, fill out the paperwork and, and, and fax it in. Did you work out for any teams? No, <laughs> nope. 
and, and in my uh, as part of my uh, letter that I sent in, I said that I was a uh, a two time starter at Westport Middle School with eligibility left after not finishing my time at Wagner. That's unbelievable. I did not get drafted, unfortunately. Well, we uh, we'll talk more about Katina Powell and this going on at the University of Louisville. Uh, but it's a busy show today. Again, De'Aaron Fox's decision, the number five player in the rivals 150, the number for the number one ranked point guard. Trevor, do you know who the last number one ranked point guard UK landed was? Um, top ranked point guard in the class. Was it not Andrew? Or, John Wall. It, it was not John Wall. It was Andrew Harrison. Yeah, I was going to say. I thought the I thought the Twins were one number ones. Andrew Harrison was the top ranked point guard. Aaron Harrison, I believe, was the top ranked shooting guard. Uh, but Andrew was ranked higher at number five. That's where De'Aaron Fox is also ranked. Can you think back before that who it would be? Uh, well, I would think there was somebody. Uh, uh, Knight wasn't number one, was he? Uh, it's uh, are you, I don't know. Are, are you asking or telling me, Trevor? Uh, I'd go Knight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm thinking he wasn't, but I'll say Knight. I'm, for some reason, I'm thinking he wasn't number one, though. Well, Trevor, you're breaking up again. Uh, you, you faded out very softly there. Uh, so there are some serious microphone problems going on at 1450 uh, Sports Bus Studio. The last number one point guard before Andrew Harrison, Marcus Teague, he was also... Ah. Strangely enough, ranked number five in the class. So Andrew Harrison, number five in the class. Marcus Teague, number five in the in the class That's of 2011. Not good for DeAndre Fox. De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. Fox ranked number five in the class. And all those point guards, uh, well, with the exception of De'Aaron Fox, we'll see, play it in national title games. Yeah. Uh, John Wall was the number one point guard in 2009. He was also the number one player. And then with Brandon Knight back in 2010, uh, he was uh, really kind of only playing one year at Kentucky and hitting some big shots. He's kind of forgotten about. Uh, he was the number six yeah, I didn't player, think so he was one off, but not the number one point guard, number three point guard, despite being number six. Uh, Trevor, can you could you name the point guards ranked ahead of him in 2010? No, not a clue. No, I wouldn't be. Able, I wouldn't even give. Could a you shot. name? Could you name one? <sighs> No, because I can't remember who all came out in 10. I forget. I knew he wasn't number one. I knew there was somebody ahead of him, though. I remember him being a top recruit. There's got to be somebody, Trevor, over there that a cord is going in and out because you, you're cutting in and out. There's got to be a cord over there that's causing you all to go in and out. Uh, so I will, na- I w- I will name them. Uh, the one ranked in front of him you should have probably known, Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah. Uh, great player. And I can see, I can see that you're talking, but I can't hear anything. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he was the number four player. And then before him, Josh Selby, who I couldn't even tell you where Josh Selby is right now. He was ranked number one. And that wasn't Eric Bossy, our national rivals guy that made those rankings back then. Uh, but probably a swing and a miss on Josh Selby. He ended up going to Kansas. We're going to head to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have Jesse Johnson on from Vandy 24-7. So we'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Join us after the break.
You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Come on, it's Czechoslovakia. We zip in. We pick them up. We zip right out again. We're not going to Moscow. It's Czechoslovakia. It's like going into Wisconsin. Well, I got this kicked out of me in Wisconsin once. Forget it. We're back here, 1450 of the Sports Buzz. Hopefully we have those technical difficulties taken care of. And speaking of technical difficulties, uh, just difficulties on my end, we're having Jesse we're having Jesse Johnson on in the third segment. Supposedly Trevor said 445, and then I said second segment, not hearing him say 40, 445, and he didn't correct me. So we'll get him on here soon enough to talk Vandy football and uh, maybe even a few basketball questions. Maybe I did correct you in the mic. That the probably mic went the second out. best team in the SEC. You can blame it on that if you'd like. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I did correct you. I don't remember. That was a long if time that's ago. That's what you want to blame it on. You can. I forget. That happened a long, so while, such a long what time was? ago. I forgot. Th- that segment where I, where I was supposed to correct you. That happened so long ago, I already forgot. Uh, we've got later today uh, for a big decision for IU. Kentucky fans waiting to hear about De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Indiana fans waiting to hear about uh, Deron Davis who is a power forward, talented, four-star player, kind of a fringe five-star, uh, but a, a six-foot-10, 235, really big body. A power forward from Colorado will be announcing between Indiana and Mississippi State. He'll be doing that later on today. I'll let, uh, if there's any Hoosiers listening out there, I'll let you all know what the pick is. Uh, man, Ben Hallen is recruiting very well down at Mississippi State. Trevor, do you think that he could turn the Bulldogs into – got to remember, they they Stansberry had them in a good spot. Yeah. They were kind of the class of the SEC when Kentucky was down, and, and right there with Florida in that conversation, really one, two, and Kentucky maybe not even – and Tennessee was right there as well. Uh, Kentucky probably not even a, maybe the fourth or maybe the fifth option in the SEC back when they were down. But Mississippi State had some talent. It looks like Ben Hallen's going to get that going again. Yeah, I mean, they've had some decent runs. They've just never been able to uh, sustain a, a consistent winning at Mississippi State in basketball. I mean, you'd go back to the Final Four they had in the in the, in the 90s with that little, uh, I think was, I want to say, 94 where they went to the Final Four with Eric Dampier and company. And then you mentioned Rick Stansberry and that, that team he had there with some talented kids that were somewhere maybe better than Mississippi State but landed at Mississippi State because of reasons off the court for whatever it is and but you know what? Mississippi State took advantage of it, and but just never could get, really get over that hump. They never even went past the Sweet 16, did they, when Stansbury was there? I don't think they – I don't, don't remember them going to Elite Eight. Uh, I mean, they went to that Elite Eight – or they went to – where did they go? The Final Four back in the 90s? That was 94 with Dampier and um, – uh, what was that guard's name? They knocked off UConn in the Sweet 16. I remember that. They, cause Didn't we, Kentucky play them – in a final four or am I going crazy? Uh not in a final four that I remember. Um I'm looking through their yeah, they they had not they didn't make their first NCAA tournament until the sixties and then not again until ninety one. So I don't think they lost in the final four to continue. Their only final four was in yeah, the ninety five, ninety six season that was I was thinking ninety four, but it was ninety five, ninety six season that was Richard Williams as a coach. So they were in the final four with Kentucky. Nah, it was Kentucky. Kentucky wouldn't know. That was uh, that was Florida. Duke. They were in the '96. They no '95. It's a '95 season though. '95, '96. Okay, well, you said '94, '96, which didn't make any sense unless the season went, you know, expanded three years. No, Mississippi State so lost. Figured, that was the 90. That was Arkansas. It was Arkansas, Duke, Florida, and Mississippi State. Okay, so '95. Yeah, 
I was one year off. Sorry. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, after, so after they, that day, we, we, <laughs> but no, no Final Fours and no thing past the second round since then. Okay. Well, they're recruiting well. Malik Newman did uh did them a lot of favor by committing and showing that it was okay for good players to go and play pay, play for Ben Hallen, and he didn't have any problems recruiting to UCLA. Now recruiting kids to Los Angeles versus Starkville, uh, that's <laughs> completely different, Trevor. That'd be like you recruiting me to come hang out and watch football with you, or you know, head over to head over to PTs and, and enjoy <laughs> and watch football and. Uh, you know, all the other special You're telling me he doesn't use the same there. recruiting speech that he used at UCLA that he uses at Mississippi State? No, it'd be something different. <laughs> well, I could see that. Instead of, I could see it being comparisons, though. On UCLA's recruiting trip, you go by you know, Hollywood Boulevard and point out the ladies. At Mississippi State, you go by the 4-H club and point out the ladies. <laughs> I mean, it's got, it's got similarities in it, I'm sure. Just you know, There's a few quirks that need to be switched, but for the most part, it's still the same. Uh, but it looks like Davis likely will pick IU. If I had to guess, and just reading some of the uh, the latest posts on him, seems like IU's the favorite in his recruitment. When he announces, we'll let you know. Did we have a little side bet on Mississippi State this year? Didn't we put twenty we, games or twenty? We games? did. Uh, I think it was twenty games. I don't remember the bet. I think it was exactly. just a gentleman's bet, or maybe it was. Did we make a slap bet where I get smack you? No, we didn't do that. No, we should have. I know it may be a little bit closer than most people think. He was an IU favorite for really the whole recruitment, but he just visited Mississippi State last weekend before announcing his decision date today. He did. He did just visit, but I I think he had always wanted to be a fall commitment. And yeah, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, I don't really care where he ends up but i think he will be i think he will i think he will be a talented player at some point in his career he's got a big body he's gonna be a, a probably a, a good rebounder and uh, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on what he decides to do clay b116 wants to know if he can add his name to the lawsuit for ruining the reputation of the city he lives in since louisville uh it, his address his little is on his resume since he's from louisville he has to put his address. Uh, he thinks it's hurting his resume when trying to look for other jobs. That's a good point, Trevor. You know, where does the buck stop? Uh, well, I don't know if that's listed in the civil suit uh, as an address. I think it's just a university. If Clay does has a degree from University of Louisville, then yeah, he's more than he can. He's more than free to put his name on that list and get involved. And maybe if they do win the lawsuit, maybe win like six bucks or something. But. Uh, I don't know if address is under the same. Uh, Clay's property values aren't dropping because he lives in Louisville because of Katina Powell. It's probably because of his front lawn. Clay V116 just did buy a house, which is exciting. I'm, and I don't even know who he is or where he lives, but you know, you might want to take those ceramic uh, gnomes out of your front lawn. That's why you're uh, you're having problems. My uh, Trevor, by the way, we got somebody cutting down a tree in my front lawn right now, currently. Did you give him go, permission? Going on outside, yes, I, I, I did. I did. I want to just go give him, see how much it's going to cost just to go over my neighbor's tree and cut it down and then just deal with the consequences later. But This is a I tree he, that, that ruined your car or uh, attacked your car, at least? That was my neighbor's tree that got my car. Oh, okay. I forget that. That's right, yeah. So that uh, the tree that's in my front yard was dead as a doorknob. So I uh, taken that puppy down and also took down this big, ugly bush. And the house looks much oh, better. Oh, wait a minute. The big bush in front <laughs> Not, not that bush. Okay. Not that bush. That one's staying. That yeah. one. That puppy's not going anywhere. I like that bush. Yeah, the one that's right in right next to your driveway. 
Yeah, that one's still there. Yeah, I like that one. That was a good yeah. push. The next time you come over, Trevor, you won't even recognize the place. Oh, well, that doesn't. That's not a surprise. I already, I've already pulled into the wrong house once before coming over to your coming over to see you. You did. That's just strange. <laughs> In my defense, it was nighttime. It was you. Your street. Oh is, yeah. Your street is dark, and all some this, other time, all those houses look alike to me. <laughs> some other time is what it was. John Calipari met with the media today to preview tomorrow's game against Albany. Trevor, what would you guess the lines at for that Albany game? Um, Albany's not a bad team. They did lose uh, the the European kid that that had all the PR last year because of his mom and stuff. But they did bring some talent back. They're going to be uh, – they're, they're not favorites to win the no, American but East, but they're right there. Yeah, they're legitimate contenders to be in the NCAA from their con- – representatives from their conference. Um, I'm going to say 29. Uh, I'll say 33 line, and a half. Thanks, Jack. The early line came out at 22 points. Ooh, good love for 22 Albany. points. I think that seems – I agree with you guys. That seems a little low. I probably would have had it like 25 or 26. That, that's interesting, though. 22 points. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if one of these two games are close for a little bit. Now, Kentucky has no reason to have any either one of these games within 10 points, no. really probably within 15 points. But uh, 22 points is the opening line. John Calipari met with the media today. Uh, Tyler Ulis in a walking boot says that he should be fine, just a little banged up. A lot of players are in – walking boots aren't the – connotation that it used to be you saw a guy on campus wearing a walking boot trevor and you said oh crap he's probably out for a while (laughs) not anymore they technology and science these days i tell you they've got these talking cellular devices trevor that do wonders but no (laughs) guys walk around just a fashion statement now (laughs) (laughs) no but uh there's uh, one of my friends follows scalabissier on snapchat and he will send me text all the time saying is Labissi hurt he I he, he snapped a picture of him in the training room with a an air cast on and <laughs> I, I'm and he says it all the time I'm guessing that is just part of his daily rehab not just to kind of help his body refuel at a hundred percent is just to go into the training room and you know have the medical staff and the trainers do all these different things to him. The walking boot, yeah, it's not a fashion statement, so it's not like Tyler Ulysses is wearing that around because he's 100%, uh, but I think that's it, it's not a big deal. John Calipari confirmed that, so he should be good to go for tomorrow and for the games uh, on Saturday, and hopefully, assuming nothing else happens, for Duke on Tuesday. Would the walking be really... boot have fur on it? it no, no, no fur. A boot with the fur, with the fur. Uh, now, Isaiah Briscoe is day-to-day. Uh, now, he banged knees with Dominique Hawkins in practice, and it's uncle- it's not clear if he will play tomorrow. So that, uh, you know, if you were without Isaiah Briscoe, maybe that's a reason that line goes down to 22 points. I don't think Vegas knew that Briscoe could potentially be out. Uh, if he doesn't play Tomorrow, I doubt he'd play Saturday. I'd say you just want to rest him and get 110% for Duke. Now, Trevor, that's great news for my boy Derek Willis. Now, we do have a caller on the phone, and, and Jack, you need to let me know what the caller's name is. Uh, No-name caller. <laughs> How are you doing here? 1450, the Sports Buzz, Oxmoor, Chrysler, Dodge, Sheep, and Ram Buzzline. What's my name, Trevor? Uh, Tool. Is <laughs> <laughs> this say? Yes, it is. What's Say, up, how, how are you, buddy? Calling, I was just calling to ask you all, is Patino going to lose another uh, recruiting battle against Coach Cal today? That is a good point. Is Darren Fox does have Louisville on his list, and he did visit Louisville, and he had nothing but really good things to say about Louisville. 
but there's been no buzz or mention of Louisville in the past three weeks from De'Aaron Fox. Louisville has gone on, and, and that well, who's that guard, Trevor, that they signed yesterday? Well, uh, committed King? a few. No, not VJ King because he's not a guard. Uh, Hughes, Frankie, yeah, he's a forward. Frankie, Frankie Hughes. And yeah, okay, Jack. VJ King picked Louisville over Kentucky. You're right about that. <laughs> Finally, a recruiting win for uh, for Louisville. I think Kentucky's doing okay. Frankie Hughes. Uh, I, I don't think they would have taken. And Frankie Hughes is a shooting guard, but Darren Fox isn't going to Louisville. But it is interesting. They were on their list and kind of quietly there all along. But Darren Fox's recruitment say, you tell me if you can rem- remember another one like this. No drama whatsoever. Kentucky has been the leader for a long time, and usually you get a little smoke screen before the decision. You get some rum some false information here and there. There's been none of that. No, I agree. It's been pretty smooth. Uh, I think we're going to end up having that with Malik Monk. I almost feel like Malik Monk's going to be another Shabazz Muhammad type situation where it's going to come down to the end. And to be honest, I don't even know if he's going to have. We're going to have a spot for him because who says that Briscoe's going to go pro after one year? Uh, most people, conventional wisdom says that Tyler Eulis will at least be a three-year player. But then again, you never know. If Eulis blows up, and I know everyone talks about his height, but Steph Curry's showing you right now that height ain't nothing because he's the best player in the world, maybe. At least the top two player in the world, and he ain't taller than six foot one. So, Steph Curry's yeah, six I don't three, think I, by the way. Yeah, that's a stretch. He's at six three. Okay, but so if he's listed at 6'3", and you just listed at 5'9", what's that say? Well, I have stood next. I can't speak for Steph Curry. I've stood next to Tyler Ulis. He probably okay, he's a legit 5'9". Earl Boykins did fine. Isaiah Earl Thomas did fine. I'm talking about the non-Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> you I mean, Earl Boykins, Spud Webb. I mean, <laughs> short people can make it. I, well, you there, told me Chris Paul is really 6'2". I'll go ahead and tell you beach front property in Iowa. Because he is not 6'2". And there's a picture of Mike and Mike, uh, Mike Greenberg standing right next to Steph Curry. And Mike Greenberg said he's 5'11", and Steph Curry is barely taller than him. Chris Ball's listed at a 6 feet even. Yeah, there are small guards in the NBA. Say, I appreciate the call. You bring up a really good point with Tyler Ulis and Isaiah Briscoe because uh, both could certainly... Both could certainly be back next year. That wouldn't surprise me one bit if they did. Now, my guess is both are gone. Uh, we Again, Isaiah Briscoe, we don't know what kind of year he is. I know he's the type of player that wanted to be a one-and-done, ideally. And then again, probably everybody wants to be a one-and-done. But he picked Kentucky with the idea, okay, I'll go there for a year. I'll, do, I'll put in the work. I'll do what I can. And then I will try to go pro as we have a, the hang-up sound, uh, which is always a fun sound. But... Uh, his plan is to go one and done. If he needs another year, he'll stay. Uh, he comes, his dad's a good guy. They, they will make a smart decision. I think he goes regardless. We'll see, though. Uh, Tyler Ulis, I had never, I thought he was a four-year player for as soon as he committed. And I thought last year he'd be a four-year player. And heading into this year, I thought really he'd be at least a three-year player. But really, what is Tyler Ulis going to get better at? He is kind of what he is. He could be a more consistent shooter. He could be he could cut down on turnovers, but he already, he hardly commits a turnover as is. 
Um, he could maybe get better defensively. Maybe I don't think he probably could. He is what he is. He's not going to get taller, and that's the only thing that could help his draft stock. We'll talk more about that. That's uh, appreciate the call today. That's a good point. I'm, I've got to get back to that because uh, those are good points you brought up with Malik Monk, the other big recruit that Kentucky don't, don't wants to him, land. Don't tell him that because he's going to remind me of it later on tonight or tomorrow that you, you made good points. He, he makes much better points than you do, Trevor. Oh, well. We need to hit a commercial break because we need to get our boy Jesse Johnson on from Vandy 24-7. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Who dumped a whole truckload of fizzies into the swim meet? Who delivered the medical school cadavers to the alumni dinner? Every Halloween, the trees are filled with underwear. Every spring, the toilets explode. You're talking about the sports talker. Of course I'm talking about TJ Walker. You twerp. football game this weekend down in one of the top three party towns in the United States, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, really a must win for Kentucky. And Vanderbilt has uh, still technically bowl eligible. That seems probably unlikely with having to play A&M in Tennessee after Kentucky, but stranger things have happened and they look pretty good against Florida, at least defensively to talk about the Commodores, Jesse Johnson, covering Vanderbilt for 24-7. Jesse, how are you? Doing pretty good. Good, good. And uh, so this Vanderbilt team, they've taken a step in the right direction uh, under Coach Mm -hmm. Mason in year two. A defense, a top 20 defense in the country. But offensively, I think that's probably the thing most Vanderbilt fans are frustrated about, and understandably so. Why isn't this offense working? Or you know, I know that's a pretty broad question, but the, to the best of your ability, try to explain that to us. Well, there's a lot of moving parts to why I believe the offense is still struggling. Um, first, uh, you know, the offensive line has kind of been a mash unit. They lost their best offensive tackle. During the preseason, Andrew Jelks, um, they lost him to a knee injury, so he's been out all year. And he was really their only true experienced tackle. Uh, Will Holden has played tackle for a few years, but he's really just a guard. And and people you know that might remember last year's game, they might remember him really struggling against some of Kentucky's defensive ends. And he's just you know they 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 really they're really low on tackles right now. They're trying to address that in recruiting, but. You know, that's really a big issue is, is the offensive line is such a, such a, a mass unit and, you know, they can run the ball, but they can't pass protect. So for that reason, they've had to turn to Johnny McCreary, who is their most experienced quarterback coming into the season. But for whatever reason, McCreary's field vision is just absolutely terrible. He cannot pick up a spying linebacker or anything in the zone whatsoever. So he's been throwing passes into double, triple coverage at times, leading to, I think, 12 or 13 interceptions on the year. 
including a few, maybe about five of those in the red zone. Um, so when you've got the offensive line that's really struggling and you, he, they, they, they can't really protect the passer and your most athletic quarterback or, or a guy that can at least keep plays you know, a little bit alive, can elude a, a, a tackle a little bit in McCrary has, you know, really terrible vision and it just makes bad decisions. You know, it really, it really hurts the offense. They can run the ball. Um, I think they ran the ball like 48, 49 times against Florida last week because they were just so, they, they've just given up on the fact that McCrary's just, you know, good for two or three picks a game and they just, they, they, they have no other option at the moment because, uh, they took the red shirt off of uh, Kyle Shermer, a talented four-star true freshman quarterback, but then he got hurt at the end of the Houston game. Um, so, you know, they've, they've, they've had a quandary at quarterback, and the offensive line is, you know, has is, is, is really been banged up and injured, and, and there's some, you know, true freshmen that have had to play, and, and issues like that. That's really what's been the biggest issue with the offense this year. They actually, beginning of the year, they were showing progress and actually – you know, moving the ball more consistently, um, but then they would, you know, just just the quarterback McCrary would would throw inexplicable picks. It just killed drives, and that's kind of been the story of the whole season for the offense. Kentucky has some questionable quarterback play as well. <laughs> it seems like situations are maybe a little bit worse in Nashville, but I, I know yeah. uh, Shermer is coming, or at least on coming back. At least I thought I read that. Who's going to be the starter on Saturday? Yeah, it's still up in the air. Um, they, you know, they kind of don't tip their hat. Uh, it did sound like, according to the offensive coordinator, when he was talking about the game a few days ago, Andy Ludwig, it did sound like he was he was expecting Shermer to be back. And if Shermer is healthy and ready to go, he will be their starter because I think they've just decided that hey, we we took the red shirt off this kid, and he's he's more talented than, than McCrary. So you know, even if he might have some growing pains. At least you know you can build towards the future. Whereas McCrary, I, I honestly think that they've probably given up on him because you know he's a nice kid, but he just he has. You would have to if you went back and watched all the film on their season and saw some of the the, the throws that he'd make, you'd just be like, you know, you'd be scratching your head. Um, yeah. So yeah, I believe Shermer, if he's if he's really ready to go, because he suffered a a head injury at the end of that Houston game. So if he's really cleared by the doctors and ready to go, I think he'd be your starter. And we're talking with Jesse Johnson. I'm going to talk about this Vanderbilt defense that has been great this season, but Mm -hmm. you did mention the run game for Vandy, and I imagine if they're going to have success against Kentucky, it's likely going to come against the run, and it's a very uh, questionable Kentucky defense. So we'll see. A lot of teams have had their get-well game against Kentucky. Uh, But Ralph Webb, actually, is a very talented back. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. skilled. I've gotten to see a lot of them this year. Will they ever use him in the Wildcat? I, I know that that's not really Vandy's go-to, uh, but Kentucky has had such a tough time defending it. Why not put Ralph, Ralph Webb back there? And Have they done any of that this year? They haven't actually done any Wildcat. They've talked about possibly incorporating it, but I don't know if it's maybe the personnel, maybe their tight ends just aren't good enough, they don't have good enough blocking receivers or something. I don't know what it is, but they really, I thought they would have tried it last week when they were so committed to running the ball against Florida, um, but we never once saw one single Wildcat play, so I'm just guessing it's not in their arsenal this year. Um, I do I do believe Ralph would be a very good uh, uh, Wildcat 
quarterback, runner, whatever you call it, uh, because his vision's really improved. He does run hard. He's got a little bit more explosiveness than he had earlier in his career. And, and he seems to be a guy that as he gets more carries, he gets better. He kind of has that Zach Stacy, a, a former Corm- Commodore that's now uh, playing for the Jets. He's kind of got that kind of durability that he gets better with the more carries he has. Um, so they've also got Darius Sims, who's a former cornerback. He had a pick six against Kentucky last year, but now he's playing strictly offense, and he's kind of their their uh, you know alternative running back right now. He's kind of a, a scat back, really quick guy. So I think that's really what Kentucky fans are going to see most of uh, tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Saturday, will be uh, that one-two punch of Webb, and then they'll probably give Sims probably about 10 carries or something like that. And, and that's kind of that's going to be what Kentucky is going to really have to stop is, is the running game. It'll be interesting if Kentucky will be up for the challenge. This Vanderbilt defense is the real deal. Derek Mason has one of the better defenses in the SEC, one of the better defenses in the country. What makes this defense so good? Is it the you know is it the front seven that is really making an impact, or is the secondary good, or is it just one cohesive unit that's playing great? Um, it's it's really seems more like it's one cohesive unit, um, but I would say that the real strength of of the uh, of the defense right now is the linebackers and then the interior defensive line. Uh, when Adam Butler is healthy, uh, then I would say the, the defensive line is also you know one of the calling cards. But right now, he's kind of banged up. So I think really the the biggest thing has been the emergence of Zach Cunningham, a sophomore inside linebacker. Vanderbilt had a very promising inside linebacker Nigel Bowden, who was a you know all SEC freshman last year, but he suffered a concussion against Georgia and he hasn't been back. Well, Zach Cunningham's come in and stepped up and had a all SEC year of his own. I mean, he's he's just got a tremendous nose for the football, very quick, very long. You know, has like ten tackles a game, a couple of forced fumbles a game, tackles for loss. So he's he's really that tackling machine. Uh, that they have in the middle, and then pl- people like Darion Herring and Stephen Weatherly have had real good uh, years this year. Um, you know, then you've got up front Jay Woods is kind of an undersized nose tackle for their three-four, but he's very active, long and strong. Uh, so he's really helped them uh, be able to rally to that football. That's the biggest thing about this defense is that they really rally to the football. There's usually two or three or four or five guys that are right there on that football. Um, for every tackle, so it's 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 not really this guy's got to do this and this guy's got to do that. It's really an attacking defense, um, and, and the secondary has improved at times. I still think the safeties need to need, need they need more talent at safety, um, but that's really the only weakness on the defense right now is maybe at safety. It's it not a good time for a struggling Kentucky offense to have to go against this good. A solid 11 defensive unit that Vanderbilt boasts. Uh, give me very briefly, but uh, Kentucky will win if they do this. Vanderbilt will win if they do this, and maybe finish us off with a uh, with a prediction for the game, Jesse. Well, I think uh, Kentucky will win if they can somehow maybe uh, you know get Vanderbilt to bite on some uh, play action passes or something like that to where they can you know like I said the safeties they can get the the safeties lost in coverage. Maybe get a good, you know, maybe get two touchdowns or, you know, 17 points. 
because Vanderbilt's got to prove to anyone that they can score on anyone. So really, that's to me, that's the biggest thing for Kentucky is they'll, they'll need to probably hit something on play action because I don't think they're really going to be able to run on Vanderbilt that well, um, but maybe get something done with the pass. Um, and as far as Vanderbilt, they got to play, you know, pitcher perfect defense, maybe hope that Shermer, you know, has a coming out game in some way. They can get someone tr- like Trent Schofield at receiver more involved and maybe create a few turnovers. Um, I think that Vanderbilt's formula for winning is play defense, get some turnovers, and hopefully cash in on one or two opportunities and maybe win a game, you know, 10-6 or, or 14-10, something like that. It's, I don't expect a high-scoring game whatsoever between these two. No, the over-under 39 points, and I don't know yeah. how they would even reach that. Yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> a scenario that happens. But Jesse Johnson, Vandy 24-7, appreciate you coming on and enjoy your weekend. You too. Have a good one. All righty, Chesty Johnson, uh, Vandy, 24-7. Wanted to ask him some basketball questions. Didn't get around to doing that, but seems that it's going – I think we all agree it's going to be a low-scoring game. Vandy's offense, not very good, as Jesse pointed out for us. Uh, their defense is good. Kentucky's offense, not very good. Kentucky's defense, not playing very well either. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday. I've gone back and forth thinking about this game and my predictions for it several times, and I guess I won't maybe give a final prediction until tomorrow. I, I still think if it's a close game, Kentucky's going to find a way to pull it out, but this is going to be one of those games where maybe a trick play wins it, uh, something stupid on special teams, which that should scare uh, that should scare you out of your skin if you're a Kentucky fan with how special teams has played lately. But it's just going to be one of those weird games where one play happens and you say, oh, that's it. There's no way you're going to bounce back from that. Uh, we're going to head to a commercial break. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Bus. to the sports talker with tj walker i generally come in at least 15 minutes late uh i use the side door that way lumber can't see me <laughs> and uh after that i just sort of space out for about an hour uh, space out yeah i just stare at my desk but it looks like i'm working I do that for uh, probably another hour after lunch, too. Presented by Allen Electric. I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. We're back here, 1450, the sports buzz. One final segment for me. It's going to be a shorter show today. Trevor is doing Inside the Press Box at 530. They have a great interview with Scott Padgett. Former Sam X great. That's yeah. what he's best known for. And also coach of Samford. Uh, Samford. My friends get on me because they act like I put a T in that. I don't purposely do that. Uh, Louisville plays Samford and Scott Padgett tomorrow. They had some trouble on the road, Trevor. Looked like they had a flat tire coming in. You'll have to ask Scott about that. <laughs> I did not see that. I'll have to. I'll have to ask him who changed the tire. Is that an, is that like a uh, graduate assistant job? change the flat tire on a, on a team bus i don't know why why are they why are they i guess why are they taking a bus they're sanford dude 
I know. But I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> they're getting paid by Louisville to do that. Well, yeah, but you don't want to blow all that money that you're making to come up here and and, and play the, you know, on plane tickets. You want to. I can see Sanford kind of like the uh, major league. You know, the Indians in Major League Baseball halfway through, where they're kind of on that. You know, go from the jet to the one propeller plane to a to a bus, and they're all kind of trading 1970s comics amongst each other. Yeah, sure. I'm waiting on De'Aaron, <laughs> D'Ron, uh, I don't know how you pronounce his first name, D'Ron Davis, uh, who will be announcing between Mississippi State and Indiana. Indiana's the favorite from my standpoint. I know Jack disagrees. The way, So I always like seeing how kids announce. And when De'Aaron Fox announces tonight here in about an hour, probably a little over an hour, I wouldn't be shocked if ESPNU made you sit through the entire show of theirs and he'll announce at like 6.58. But he's supposed to announce around 6, so we'll see. Hopefully the sooner the better, so then I can stop working after he does it. But um, yeah. I'm, self- I'm, 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 I'm selfish. I, but- pic- I picture that that region we played, that I, could, I could see that being you interviewing with Justin Rowland after he took over for Brett. That was What's pr- that? The, 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 uh, the scene from uh- – Yeah. I do 15 minutes of actual – I kind of sneak in the back door so Brett doesn't see me and then – Hey, in all honesty, desk, I zone out and- <laughs> I've already written three stories on De'Aaron Fox committing. So when he commits, Cats Illustrated, well, I probably shouldn't tell people this, but, you know, who who gives a hoot. But uh, so when he commits, Cats Illustrated will have stories already. Now, I don't have any quotes from De'Aaron Fox. I'll have to try to get those later if I can even get them on the phone. That's the life of somebody that covers recruiting is you've got to get these kids on the phone on one of the biggest days of their life, uh, which will be a fun challenge for me. So that's what I'll be doing later tonight. But I've already got a ton of stories ready to rock and roll. We'll we'll see when he announces and all that good stuff. If he's going to take any phone calls and give me any quotes. But uh, all signs still pointing towards Kentucky. If he ends up not picking Kentucky and I've been as busy as I have been today, Trevor, I'm going to lose it. I probably won't be in the – you'll have to do the college basketball preview show tomorrow. Does that mean everything you've done is pretty much for naught? Absolutely. 100%. 110%. Because they're all Kentucky-specific. It's not like I could just send it to the Kansas guy and say, hey, you know, I, I can't do any favors for him because it's all Kentucky-specific, how he's going to fit in the Cal system and this and that. It's just uh, it'll it'll be a mess. But I, I, we'll, don't know, I don't know what makes me want to root for him to choose Kansas more is my, hater, my hatred towards UK or just maybe my laughter towards you wasting That's not very time. nice, Trevor. <laughs> now, he'll announce on ESPN, so what he'll do is he'll probably just put a hat on. But when they people announce at their high schools, like D. Ron Davis is about to do, it's always interesting to see how their setup is. You've had people bring live animals out there. You've seen people take their shirt and have uh, the school university shirt underneath their dress shirt. Jamal Murray did something along those lines. Looks like what D. Ron Davis has is he's got a table, and one sign says... Uh, welcome Davis to Indiana University. The other one says Mississippi State University. Uh, so he's got two big signs. So I, I'm curious to see what he ultimately decides to do. I don't think he's made a decision uh, quite yet. Who brought a far- who brought farm animals on to make a decision? There are a bunch of IU fans there, and Davis has given them their autograph on their IU gears. So uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It looks like he's also doing the hat thing. We'll let you know when he makes his decision because I know 1450, the sports bus home of IU sports. So at worst, worst, those items will be a collectible if he does pick Mississippi State. What would you do, Trevor, if you were making a college announcement? Uh, um, I wouldn't go over the top. I would would probably just – I, w- I would do the press conference, and I'd maybe put a few of the hats in front, but I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't go over the top. I would just grab the hat and put it on. I don't think I'd do anything fancy. 
I see. Well, I, like I've said, and Jack, you need to start doing this because you're you're a young gun. But it's all, life is so much fun, more fun when you make your decisions like it's a college announcement, like you're a 17 or 18 year old kid and you're picking where you're going to go to college and uh, a life changing decision. So, Trevor, like when you're going to eat dinner tonight, <laughs> act like it's a recruitment. So what what are your options? Uh, Fazoli's, uh, McDonald's, what else you got? Uh, tonight, uh, uh, Chick-fil-A, um, McDonald's, Taco Bell, or maybe uh, Shane's Rib Shack. Those are probably the three. Oh, Shane's Rib Shack's pretty good. Yeah, it's I also agree. closed. Wait a minute, it's Shane's closed. closed? According to my parents, they, they were talking about last night. Yeah. The one over off her lane? Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if it was closed. They weren't doing very well, but we, we don't have to get in a Shane Trip Shack. Well, no, uh, no, no, no. This is more important than anything else we've talked about. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was closed. I never went there when it was crowded, and there are a lot better barbecue places than Shane's. But, yeah, Trevor, treat it like a, a college recruitment. Everything, you know, weigh all your <laughs> options. Now. Which one's closest <laughs> to home, which one offers immediate playing time, all that good stuff that's important to a college recruitment. Uh, I would go way over the top with it, obviously. I would, if I were to pick Kentucky, I'd have like a little wildcat there and I'd just let it loose and, you know, whatever happened to it, whatever happened to it. But, it, you know, somebody else could take it home. I would, I would make a big spectacle of it. How, uh, how Jack, about, I, how about this? Go, how about you put an empty table? Everybody's looking for you and waiting. And just as it's time for you to announce, instead of you coming up to the table, you parachute out of a plane. And as you open up the parachute, it's the logo of the school you're picking. That actually is one that I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. That'd be pretty In all cool. seriousness, that's probably like the next frontier. The <laughs> stupidest one I ever saw, well, maybe not the stupidest one because there's been so many dumb ones, but that Notre Dame lineman who moved the bus. He was going to – he, I forget what he was between, but uh, he moved the bus. I guess he was a power lifter too, and uh, all the media was there, and he was grunting and doing stupid stuff and moved the bus, and then underneath the bus was Notre Dame and a chalk logo. And it's just – come on, man. I'll be, I don't know. The fact he moved the bus is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it's just Wait, so much physical. Without keys? I'm also, I am also don't have a scholarship from <laughs> Notre Dame. So That's true. Um, but Darren Fox's decision will be on ESPNU. I doubt he'll do anything over the top. I hope he does because I think that's hilarious. Um, I, I don't like the hats, the fake out on the hats. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't either. Where you pick up one and you go to put it on and then you throw it down. I think that's disrespectful because these coaches are spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort to recruit you. And then I think that's disrespectful. And, but, that, there's an, and, there, and some kids wonder why the, the, the fan bases of another team may dislike them because they didn't choose their team. Yeah. Teasing like that is not a good way to, uh, to, to prevent the, twi- the uh, Twitter idiots from coming at you. I like that Jack had mentioned that Kentucky missed out on VJ King yeah, as I like, like that some too. As, as, as like some smack talk. It, Kentucky it wanted, doesn't happen often, so Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky wanted VJ King, and I really, really like VJ King. One because I think he's a good player. Two because I had a really good relationship with his father during his recruitment, and that generally judges if I like a player or not is how easy I can get them on the phone, uh, which you know probably isn't very uh, professional. But again, I'm 24, so I don't really care. But I like VJ King a lot because I could get him on the phone, and also I think he's a good player. I was generally but, shocked that he signed with U of L after the whole scandal. I so. was too, which was interesting. And I talked to his dad a little bit. Some of the stuff we talked about, I can't say 
on the radio, but he did say, this won't change anything. My son loves Rick Pitino. He loves the coaching staff. Uh, and I, I wish him nothing but the best at the University of Louisville. But Kentucky had – Miles Bridges was a bigger priority than V.J. King was, and, and they still had some options. But if Kentucky had missed out on Miles Bridges and V.J. King was still available, man, they would have put the full-court press on to get him. So you're partially right, Jack. They did miss out on him, but he wasn't their top target. Now, again, like I said, if they had missed on Bridges and V.J. King was still there, they would have gone all in to try to land him at the three because I think he's going to be a good three-player now, the question is for you two, will he ever play in a tournament game at Louisville? <laughs> uh, I, yeah. And I really, I, I genuinely don't mean that as smack talk. I, no, I, it's you, a, I think it's a worth asking. I don't know if you, genu- you genuinely mean it, but you subtly meant it. Uh, yes, he will play in a tournament game at some point. It all okay, de- but it all depends he, on whether or not, uh, how long it takes for the scandal to come out. Well, I think it's going to be sooner than later, especially with the NCAA meeting with Powell next week. I, it seems like the NCAA is moving pretty fast on that. Well, they've got Check Diallo and Taco Fall just sitting there being ineligible. It seems like they're moving pretty quick on the the Katina Powell scandal. Now, they could get all the information and they still might have to wait for other, other things to play out and maybe they're still waiting on some other people to talk. But I think you're going to hear something at least before next season. And I think even before then, I wouldn't be shocked if you heard something during this season. Now, with that being said, if there's a postseason ban next year, if VJ King's a one-and-done player, which I know Rick Pitino isn't, you know, he doesn't produce one-and-done players all that often, if ever, I guess uh, maybe Samardo Samuels, was he one-and-done? No, he was two-and-done. Two, yeah. two, okay. Uh, so he, he's not known for one-and-done players. But then again, if Louisville scandal, they have a two-year postseason ban, will he be around for more than two years? Uh, if it's not a two, if it's a two-season ban and he sticks around for three years, will Louisville's program be hurt with recruiting and lack of scholarships? Very well, could be. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if VJ King didn't play a game, a tournament game for Louisville. Now, again, I hope that's not the case because I do like him. But you got hey, Trevor, you and Jack as Louisville fans, you've got to like guys like VJ King who stuck around during this. These are going to be the guys I think you all remember because bad things are coming Louisville's way. Yeah, but I mean, again, we don't know how bad they're going to be, and not, it's going to be bad, man. <laughs> I'm not backing out. I'm not backing off that, and that's and that's not wishful thinking. That's just logical thinking. Bad things are coming to the University of Louisville. I, I I'd rather Louisville take the postseason ban this year, honestly. I think that and you're smart, they're, they're Jack. You should to want have that. a really good team in 2016 and 2017. I'd rather I them agree. take it this year, where I or even with Damian Lee and Trey Lewis, I'd feel bad for them, but. They're set up for success in 2016, 2017, not 20. Yeah, they've got a lot of young pieces. They'll be getting pretty much virtually everybody back but Lewis and Lee. And uh, D-Ron Davis has committed to Indiana. That's a Yay. big hit for Tom Crean. question is, will Tom Crean ever coach him? If Indiana isn't successful this year, I don't know. But, you are uh, that, full hater mode today, aren't you? It's not hater mode. It's, it's, you are it's in realistic hater mode. mode. It's realistic mode, and tomorrow we're going to do our college basketball preview show, one of the most fun shows of the year. You've got to tune in for it. You'll have a better idea about a lot of teams that will be title contenders. You'll get a better idea about uh, just a better outlook at college basketball, and you'll hear predictions. Jack, unfortunately, you won't be here tomorrow because you've got the male manual game. I know you wanted to give us your final four prediction and national championship, so let's hear it. I'll write it down right now because I'm going to write all these down. I wrote them down last year saying I was going to keep them. I didn't. Uh, I can't make any promises that I'll keep you it had, this year, but I, I hope to. You had Yates with you last year when you did this, did you not? I, was, I did, okay, yes. I, was, I don't remember doing that. Well, I, All right, yeah, let's hear your final four. Um, I'd probably go with Kentucky, North Carolina, Virginia, and Wichita State as my final four. Wichita State, I, all I, right. I, 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 loving love, that Van Fleet. I, I love Van Fleet and Baker. I think 
backcourt guard play is what wins games in the NCAA tournament. If they get a favorable draw, they could make a run in the tournament. I think UK has another great team, team to where they've really been on this roll. Everyone knows that. They make it back to the Final Four, but I like... I like I I really like uh, Carolina to cut the Nets down at the end of the year. The preseason number one team. Don't go too far on that limb, Jack. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, um, I I think I think it could be them them out. Now it's easy to pick them. Another one could be Maryland, even though I didn't put them in my top in my final four. But I th- I really like Mellow Trimble and all and and their team with with um uh with uh Turgeon. That's his name, the coach. <laughs> Mark Turgeon. Yeah, yeah Mark Correct. Turgeon. There we go. Yeah, I'm really not think. buying in. I'm not buying into the Maryland hype just yet. I need to see them play because I wasn't overly impressed with them last year, and they lost to a West Virginia team that wasn't all that good. And I don't think Diamond Stone, who's going to be their big center, I don't think he's all that great either. He played in the Under Armour circuit, which is the worst AAU circuit out there. And no disrespect to Under Armour because Rivals is sponsored by Under Armour, but it's still an up and coming AAU circuit. And he didn't, he did well in that circuit, but he never went against great players. So I, if he's going to have to be the guy inside for them, I think Maryland's going to struggle well, at least early Maryland on in the bring year. Back uh, their starting center from last year, though. He they? got hurt. Hurt. Maryland had, I think it was the center. At least yeah. they they have someone that's out for the year. No, that's the guard. Uh, the they guard. Lost, right, they lost their they lost their back one of their backup guards. Yeah. But I could have swore they brought back the goopy white dude as uh, center. They, how, how many goofy white dudes do they have at center on a year-in, year-out basis? Is it a goofy white dude factory over there? Yeah, actually it is. Maryland does have a lot of well, them. I mean, they're in the Big Ten now. <laughs> it comes. But, I think that's the, part of the criteria of being in the Big Ten. You have to have at least three goofy white dudes on your team. Are you thinking of layman? The layman's just the guard. Well, he's well, he's six foot nine. Oh, that's he's a, not well, a, but he's, he's a, a perimeter he's a, guy. He's a, yeah. he's a wing guy. Yeah. yeah. No, I they Is that who you were thinking of? Maybe it was. Back that's where they had a, a center that was coming back. I might be incorrect. Maybe they lost him. Maybe they lost I, the starting center from last year. But they were very inconsistent last year, so I agree with you in terms of wanting to, to see him play. I don't know. I, 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 I like them. I, I saw him play, play um, IU in Bloomington last year. I went up there for that, you know. Indiana kind of crushed him. It's probably not the best example. Yeah, you also hit like 25 out of 33s in that game as well. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how the Hoosiers are. I think, I think Indiana could be good this year. I mean, they have Thomas Bryant. Everything really hinges on him. I really yeah, like really, Thomas Bryant. I like Thomas awesome. Bryant a lot more than Diamond Stone. I'll I'll tell you yeah. that much. But oh, really? that being said, I used still going to be a terrible defensive team. I, I and yeah. I love Yogi Ferrell. Uh, you know, we'll save this for the college basketball show preview tomorrow. And it's going to well, Jack. I know you won't be here, and I feel bad about that. Yeah, but no, uh, you don't. <laughs> there'll, there'll, there'll be plenty of basketball talk tomorrow. Uh, there was so much more I needed to get to today, but I'm going to be cut short because Trevor's big interview. Scott Padgett. Trevor, are you nervous? No. <laughs> no, I worked with it, Scott. I worked with Scott when he did radio before he got into coaching at. Uh, and I used to watch that station. show every morning yep. before I'd go to Stan X High School. Man, That's, those I, were the those were the glory days. Yeah, glory days for you going to, getting up to go to high school. Those weren't the glory days for me having to to go there at five in the morning and produce the show and put it on the air by myself up in a studio. Oh, that would uh, that would be awesome oh, to watch I you get up to, that early. I bet you're so pissed all the time. I was I was I mean hitting shots of five hour energy like that was tequila on the beach in Mexico, and maybe and, even a few shots of tequila too, right? I might have and on occasion. Yeah, that was. Uh, getting, I can't do I can't do tequila shots. If you get nervous, just bring up this uh, fun fact that I didn't get to today: is oh, that Lord. the obesity rate in America has climbed to 38 percent from 32 percent a decade ago. Yeah, that would be an icebreaker. How was Survivor last night, by the way? <laughs> it was uh, it was good. Uh, man, it did, was great. Did anybody survive? 
Uh, every most of them. <laughs> okay. Most of them. But uh, it, it's a it's a fantastic show. American Horror Story Two is having its best season. I'm kind of living in the golden age of TV. Where, I'm a happy where's Survivor being placed at this year. Is it like a Sam's Club? Is that where they're having it this year? <laughs> yeah, that's that's where that's where they are. Uh, they're actually at a resort. Are they at sandals? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're at a they're at a resort. Um, it is this season. They are where is it? They're in Cambodia. Okay, Cambodia. I can't imagine. I mean, I, they've got to be getting thin on terms of. Uh, I think they've doubled back them. a few yeah. places. I mean, aren't they in their twentieth something season? I can't Man. wait for I can't wait for them to just go to Survivor Antarctica. They can Survivor like East Europe or something. I mean, like yeah. put them in somewhere. I mean, can they? They got to find something better. Can we put them in like Watts? Like Survivor Watts, or Survivor the some Survivor in, in Harlem or something like that. Maybe put them in some of the more dangerous parts of America instead of just throwing them in third world areas where no one can find them and prove that they're not really there. I'd be all for that. Uh, let me ask you this, Trevor. Fantasy football question before I go. Last thing I'll do. Okay. And we as on as we do on the show, we'll always take your fantasy football questions. We're running out of time today. Yeah. Uh, this week, who would you start? Uh, Kirk, our American Cousins, or Drew? Breeze. <laughs> no Breeze. Nickname. First of all, no nickname for Drew. Uh, no. <laughs> Drew just came here to catch the breeze. Uh, Cousins plays at home against somebody, doesn't he? They play against one another. Oh, okay. Um, at, at In Washington. It's in Washington. Breeze has been on fire, though. Yeah, but I uh, – man, that's a tough one. I, I would pro- – Jack, I know that, but you know you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Yeah, I, 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 I really don't think that's only, a tough one. You, I, I, Jack, I Jack now you only count your chips when you walk away from the table. You um, got to know when to. You got to know when to walk away. You got to know when to run. Yeah, but I, I'm not walking <laughs> away from this one. I, I, I'd start Breeze easily. Drew Breeze has been terrible on the road this year. Kirk Cousins has been playing well. And the New same Orleans defense. defense. Does suck. It's maybe the worst in the NFL. It's a tough decision. I'm going to say Cousins only because I and and this is the reason I do. I always lean when I'm de- debating on between two quarterbacks. Always lean to the home quarterback. Yeah, and I, I, why, I lean I, I lean that Cousins. I lean that way too. We'll take more fantasy football questions tomorrow. We'll hopefully squeeze in the PT. It's going to be a busy show. Maybe get the PT picks of the weekend tomorrow. Uh, we've in the college basketball preview where you will hear from. At least 10 guests, maybe more. Uh, it'll be a fun show. So join us tomorrow, 1450, the Sports Bus. Stick around here to hear Trevor's interview, Scott Padgett, see if he gets nervous, has a mental breakdown. It's all good stuff. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's okay, hopping with your boys to the river and we taking the back way. We don't mind who you are, just ride to the rhythm, have a sip in the sunshine.